Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and Greg Braden. They are against the mainstream scientific thought process that is being projected out to everyone these days. Learning about their material is imperative in my opinion. You may not agree, but I think once you find out what these gentlemen have in common, you're not going to be disappointed. It's mind-opening, expanding information that gives you this ulterior point of view that is not just hooey-fooey fairy dust. I'm talking about these guys bring the receipts. They have the science to back up what they're talking about. Keeping it real. Let's start with Greg Braden. As the standard model in physics, it says the Big Bang was this primal release of energy. We don't know what happened, and it was a completely natural process. And within the Big Bang, the evolutionary Big Bang is when we appeared completely through natural processes. That's one theory. The evidence doesn't support that. Another theory is that we are living in a digital or a simulated environment. In other words, it's a virtual reality. Elon Musk is talking a lot about it. 40 years ago, we had Pong, like two rectangles and a dot. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. Seems to follow that the odds that we're in base reality is one in billions. And in 2001, the first scientific algorithm was designed to attempt to determine whether we are or we are not living in a virtual or a simulated reality. And what they did was they created the variables that take into account everything that we see happening in the world today from physical parameters and physics parameters to social parameters and, you know, climate and everything that's happening. And they plugged it into this algorithm. And the algorithm said that the odds are much greater that we are living in a simulated reality than that we are not. The third theory is that there has been some kind of a natural creation. So a natural Big Bang evolution did begin, but there has been some kind of an intervention, a conscious intervention at some point in the past where DNA was manipulated in a way to give us capabilities and other forms of life. This is where scientists are today. So they're looking at these three potentials, all natural, all artificial, or natural with an intervention. It's interesting. If you look at the definition of a simulation and you look at the definition of life and our environment in our most ancient and cherished spiritual and religious traditions, the similarities are striking. They all say that this world is temporary, that we are here learning something because we're going to go somewhere else. That is what a simulation is all about. The definition of a simulation is you have the opportunity to learn something new in a relatively safe environment that you will need when you get to the next environment. So whether you're an airline pilot learning how to land a, you know, a Boeing 747 and cross winds, you don't want the first time you do that to be with 300 people on the plane. So you're in the simulator. Or if you're on the Martian surface or the lunar surface, these all happen in simulators. So the simulation this is really interesting because simulations have a beginning and they have an end. They have rules that the 
person in the simulation must follow. And if you follow the rules, then the simulation gets much easier. And every simulation, you have a way to contact someone who is not in the simulation for advice and guidance. When you look at the ancient traditions, they all say... We have a start in the beginning. We have an end. This world isn't going to last. We're here temporarily. It's called the Maya in the Hindu traditions. That there are rules that we're learning while we're here. And that when we get into trouble, we can contact a presence outside of our known reality who has a perspective that we don't have. It could be our higher self. It could be an angelic presence. It could be a relative who has passed. It could, if you believe in channeling, a lot of people, you know, when they're channeling, you're channeling a presence from another world. It could be God. So here's the question. If we are in a simulation, why? What would be the purpose? And one of the answers to that is who benefits? Who benefits from a simulation? And the answer is the people that are in the simulation. So we are the ones benefiting we have to assume that we're learning something here, that we are going to need when we get to wherever we're going. And wherever that is, if you believe that, that this world is the Maya or is temporary. And so when we look at that, what are the themes, the general themes of everything that we're learning in our spiritual traditions, in the religious principles, where's medical science leading us? And it all comes back to our ability to self-regulate our biology, the power of love, the power of the human heart to influence the body, the power of the human heart to influence the world beyond the body. I think the simulation theory, we're now in the 21st century, and we're looking for a new vocabulary and a new language that has now caught up with the technology and where we are to help us make sense of our existence. And whether you believe that or not, whether you're talking about the old ideas or the new ideas, they all bring us to the same place. What are we learning? And what are the themes and the themes that we see playing out in the world of love and hate, war and peace, our ability to transcend the great challenges of our lives and the fact that we're not victims. We are given the ability to self-regulate our biology consciously in a way no other form of life can consciously sit down in the moment in time and say, in this moment, I choose to awaken the longevity enzymes in my cells. I choose to enhance my immune response. I choose to access deep states of intuition. I choose to become more resilient to the change in my life. We're the only form of life that can consciously say, in this moment, I choose to self-regulate regulate to do this because I choose not because my external environment is driving me to do this and this is a very very powerful form of mastery we have been led to believe that these are extraordinary states of human experience I believe these are potentials that have simply been forgotten or maybe never realized in the broad general public but this is our birthright these are our potentials and rather than being extraordinary states of consciousness they are ordinary states that we've been conditioned out of through culture, through religion, through science, through power agendas over time throughout history. Because when we embrace these technologies, we are awesomely powerful beings. Now, there is another philosophy, and this is where it all comes home, that consciousness informs itself through its creations. So if you think about that, what we see as movies for entertainment, art, sculpture, music, books, all of the things that we create, that we think we're doing to entertain ourselves, from this perspective, consciousness is asking us in the field to create these things to remind us 
of our deepest potentials. And if you think about that, look at the blockbuster movies that surprise even the movie makers that have had the greatest impact. As different as they are from one another, they're common themes. So, for example, The Matrix obviously comes to mind. Who sits down to write The Matrix? Where does that idea even yeah. come from? That was about a world that we cannot see that influences us tremendously. Avatar came after that. Inception, they are mirroring back to us what we are asking of ourselves. We're asking ourselves to remember ourselves, to remember who we are in our potential. And one of the ways that we're doing it, rather than going to a monastery, leaving your family and your life behind and living on a mountain, you know, for the rest of your life, which you can do and it can be fun. We're asking consciousness through our expressions of creation, not just for fun or entertainment, but to tell us what it is that we have forgotten about ourselves. He is an American author and a geologist. He's an international speaker as well. He's published several books on spirituality and the connection between science and spirituality. He has a background in computer engineering, geology, and has worked for several companies, including Martin Marietta Aerospace as a computer systems designer. In 1991, Braden quit his job and decided to pursue a full-time career in writing and speaking about spirituality and science and the connections. He has since become a renowned speaker traveling the whole world to deliver lectures and workshops on his findings. His books have been translated into 17 languages and have been the basis for numerous audio and video programs. This is a very basic synopsis. Greg Braden goes deep. He comes, again, like I like to say, with the receipts. He doesn't make claims that he cannot back up. He gives you facts, real science that's been hidden, buried, or not looked at, oppressed, where most people can't find it, but he does. Or he works directly with certain scientists. Because remember, this guy, he has a science background. I promise you this, too. He always stays positive in the midst of very deep, dark, insidious information, ploys, plots, plans of universal powers that keep trying to control us more. The fact that he can find a way to stay positive and bring a message of hope in the midst of all this garbage that he has to sort through, <laughs> it's hard to do. But I love that about this guy's personality. And you will, too, if you look into him. And the fact that he ties science and spirituality together. That's another interesting aspect of what he does. That, again, science tries to separate. Science tries to strictly materialize the world and turn spirituality into something that is woo-woo. When there is science to spirituality. So let's move on now from Greg Braden to Dr. Bruce Lipton. Reprogramming the subconscious means conscious mind wishes and desires. Subconscious mind program. Well, what if you took the wishes and desires and made those programs? Ah, then guess what? You don't even have to think about it. You will automatically, 95% of the day, be playing behaviors to manifest those wishes and desires. So if you put a pair of earphones on at night with a program of what you would like to be true in your life, as soon as your conscious mind disconnects, 
that program is playing, it's not playing into your conscious mind, that's shut off. It's now going straight into the subconscious mind. Having a positive thought does not in any way necessitate that those positive thoughts actually manifest themselves. And there's a piece that was left out. And if you don't understand the piece, then you're shouting into the wind with your positive thoughts. Nothing's going to happen. And the fact is this. When you're having positive thoughts, you're using your mind. The mind influences biology, but there are two parts to the mind that are completely different than one another, yet they work together, we confuse them, we tie them together, and yet they represent two entities working in two different fashions. There is the conscious mind and what is called the subconscious mind. Now, here's what the very important people have to know this, okay, and here's what it is. The conscious mind is our creative mind that is connected to our personal identity and our spiritual selves. That's, that makes us all unique. Our, our, each of us has our own personal conscious mind. But what becomes very significant is this, is the subconscious mind is equivalent to a tape player. It's exactly what it is. It records experiences and then plays them back. And, and so now let's take a look and say, well, wait, there's a thinking mind and then there's a tape player mind. And what's different about them is very profound. When you look at the power between the conscious and subconscious, the subconscious is a million times more powerful. The subconscious mind runs our biology about 95 to 99% of the time. So while you're having all these wonderful thoughts, that's not the conscious, the conscious mind's not running the show. It's a subconscious mind. So blaming the subconscious mind as a negative thing, is that's the first mistake. It's a tape player. The programs that we got, that's the source of the problems that most of us face. And these programs could limit our abilities and take away our powers, which essentially they do. Now, the relevance about positive thinking is this. Positive thinking is a creative thought that comes from the conscious mind. Okay, so I sit here and I'm going to have all these wonderful thoughts. I'm going to close my eyes and visualize all these wonderful things. Now stop and go back to the, to the, the mechanical character of it. A, I'm having these thoughts with a little tiny processor called the conscious mind, and I'm competing with the programs that are in the subconscious mind. So if I have a thought for uh, being, being healthy or being in a good relationship, and I'm doing positive thinking, and at the same time, I have acquired programs in my development that said you're not as healthy as you think you are and you, you're not that good a person to have those kind of relationships. Then look, I'm now pitting my positive thoughts against my programs and, and, they're, and they're opposite. But this one works on a little, little tiny processor and this processor is a million times more powerful. So right away it's like, who's going to win in that challenge? The answer, of course the subconscious is going to win. Okay, But here comes the other part. While I can try to maintain positive thoughts in my life using my conscious mind, this conscious mind only operates less than 5% of the day. That says 95% or more of the day, I'm operating from the other belief system. The point is, do the math. How powerful are positive thoughts? And the answer is, unless the subconscious has the same programs and agreement as the conscious mind, power of positive thinking will not work. It will not work because you're competing against a much more powerful processor. So the idea is when life doesn't work, when you don't find that relationship that your positive thinking was looking for, when you don't uh, get that health that you were looking for because your positive thinking was asking for it, we have a tendency, therefore, to blame the outside world because, as far as I know, my intention was for all these wonderful things. And when I don't get it, it can't be me 
because I have all these wonderful positive intentions. What we didn't see was while we were having those positive intentions, using our conscious mind for those positive intentions, the subconscious was running the show. And we didn't see that we generally sabotage and destroy or limit our own lives with behaviors that are not supporting us. Every night when you go to bed, just when you're just falling off into sleep, consciousness is disconnecting. The next period of your brain operation while your consciousness is disconnected is theta, which is the same brain function as in the first seven years. So if you put a pair of earphones on at night with a program of what you would like to be true in your life, as soon as your conscious mind disconnects, that program is playing. It's not playing into your conscious mind. That's shut off. It's now going straight into the subconscious mind. So it's called auto-hypnosis. You don't need to go see a, a hypnotherapist. You, you just have to pick out what program would you like to have that you don't have. And they sell these programs in all kinds of places. Okay. So reprogramming the subconscious with wishes and desires means you don't even have to think about it. You will be successful because 95% of the day, your program automatically will be seeking your wishes. He was born in Mount Kisco, New York on October 21st, 1944. Lipton received his PhD in cell biology from the University of Virginia in 1971. So he's been at this for a long time. He's went on to teach anatomy and physiology at the University of Wisconsin. Lipton's research has focused on the role of the environment and consciousness in shaping genetic expression. He has been credited with helping to launch the field of epigenetics. He has written several books on this topic. Now, epigenetics are the genetics that are above the actual genetics, which are the blueprints. Epigenetics picks and chooses which genetic code that you have inside you will be expressed and which one will not. Where he has looked into this, it shows that your genetics do not determine your outcome. So, so many people say your genetics are the predetermining factor that you're going to have a uh, breast cancer or you're going to have this disease when you get older or you're going to be obese or you're going to have mental problems. All these things are not true. Epigenetics are the controlling factor among other things like the environment, which I mentioned. There's multiple things that are included in this, but the epigenetic field is one of great interest to Bruce Lipton and where he spent most of his time doing research and a lot of the scientific studies he's done and found other scientists that have done studies. It's absolutely amazing. The work is absolutely amazing. And if you want a more in-depth look at what he's discovered through his studies, I've done two episodes on Dr. Bruce Lipton because I'm so fascinated by the things he has found out through the science of epigenetics. So I would recommend maybe going back into my past episodes and look for those. Now, the placebo effect is a big time slap in the face to genetics and all these things being an absolute controller of our destiny. You can literally, by using your mind, believe you're taking a pill that heals you and it's happened over and over again in studies. People heal themselves 
It was the shift in belief that caused this to happen. And the placebo effect is something that people know about. But it's just one of those things that it's, oh, it's a miracle. How about it's not? How about there is more of this that could be happening all throughout the world if people understood the power of your mind and how you can use it? Because you can't just believe all the time and expect that to do everything for you. That's like Oprah's secret. Believing that you're going to get a million dollar check or you're going to win the lottery. Just having a strong belief in that does not always make something like this happen. And in fact, it is kind of ludicrous to base your life off of things like The Secret. There are some truths in the documentary The Secret and the book The Secret, but not all of it is. Many of it is very misleading. Bruce Lipton will give you the truth on what works and what doesn't and scientific studies that prove it. He argues we're capable of creating a more positive and sustainable future if we can shift our thinking and embrace the power of consciousness. Your hardcore science materialists want to say it is derived from the brain. It comes from your brain. What has been proven through Lipton's research is your brain is like a radio antenna. It receives a transmission from somewhere that gives you consciousness. So your consciousness is not actually in your body. And some of his epigenetic tests he's done has proved that cells split and taken miles away from one another can experience exactly the same effect at exactly the same time, even though only one cell was applied to a, a certain stressor. The one miles away will exact it, it, it exactly mimics what's happening to the one experiencing the stressor. So it's signaling to the one miles away what it's going through and it experiences the same thing. How's that possible? It shows how little science is willing to divulge to us to stay on their mainstream paradigm and not dive deeper into the power of what consciousness really is and how everything's interconnected. You have a certain frequency that is your consciousness that is being picked up by your brain, your genetics, your cells. They all respond to it. He states that we are capable of creating a life filled with joy and love and peace and that this is the natural state of human existence. I would absolutely side with Mr. Lipton on that. It's dysfunctional to be in a feeling of anger and anxiety and stress, especially as consistently as most people today are experiencing it. Dis-ease. No ease within the body. That is where the word comes from, dis-ease, disease. In conclusion, Mr. I shouldn't call him Mr. Appropriately paddling him. Doctor is much better. Dr. Bruce Lipton has made profound discoveries doing scientific research in the field of biology and spirituality. And 
his guidance throughout these books, these speaking engagements helps everyone have a deeper understanding of their own connection between their consciousness and their genetics and what their true power is over these. So check him out. He's a bad dude. I mean that in the most respectful way. The next gentleman I'll speak of, Dr. Joe Dispenza. So then, if you wanted to create a new personal reality, a new life, you'd have to change your personality, which means you'd have to start thinking about what you've been thinking about and change it. You'd have to become aware of your unconscious habits and behaviors and even what you say and modify them. And then you'd have to look at those emotions that keep you anchored to the past and decide if those emotions belong in your future. So most people try to create a new personal reality as the same personality, and it doesn't work. We literally have to become someone else. In other words, thoughts are the language of the brain, and feelings are the language of the body. And how you think and how you feel creates a state of being. So most people have experiences in their life that brand them emotionally. They feel fear, they feel anger, they feel bitterness, they feel frustration, they feel insecurity. And those emotions then become part of their identity. So once they think certain thoughts that turn on certain circuits in their brain that are equal to their insecurity, and then they feel insecure. The moment they feel insecure, they think more insecure thoughts, which makes more chemicals for them to feel insecure. And the repetition of that cycle over time conditions the body to subconsciously become the mind of insecurity. So then the person says, I am insecure. And whenever you say, I am anything, you're commanding your mind and body towards a destiny. So then most people's biology is, for the most part, their past. And so if you're not being defined by the vision of the future, some new possibility in your life, you're only left with the old circuitry in your brain and the old emotions of the past. So the question then is, can you believe in a future that you can't see or experience with your senses yet, but you've thought about enough times in your mind that your brain is literally changed to look like the experience has already occurred. Now, the latest research in neuroscience says you can change your brain just by thinking. So then as you begin to think about a new possibility and your brain begins to fire in new sequences and new patterns and new combinations, and you begin to plan your behaviors, and you begin to review in your mind, mentally rehearse who you're going to be in your life, the mere action of mental rehearsal begins to install the neurological circuits in your brain. Now your brain is no longer a record of the past. Now it's in fact a map to the future. And if you were then to begin to emotionally embrace your future before it's made manifest, in other words, you're not waiting for your healing to feel wholeness. You're not waiting for your new relationship to feel love. You're not waiting for the mystical moment to feel awe. You're not waiting for your success to feel empowered. That's the old model of reality of cause and effect. In other words, the materialist, the person who's waiting for their wealth to come to feel abundance, uh, 
they're living by that model of cause and effect. But the quantum model is about causing an effect, which means you begin to experience your own worthiness and your abundance before it occurs. You have to feel wholeness in order for your healing to occur. Uh, we have to feel love for ourselves and love for life in order for us to have love in our life. And so then to instruct people how to teach their body emotionally how that future could feel like before it's made manifest, if they do it properly, their body as the unconscious mind begins to believe it's living in that future reality in the present moment. And they're beginning to signal new genes in new ways that begins to change their body to look like the event has already occurred. So the process of change in the meditative model requires unlearning and relearning. It requires breaking the habit of the old self and reinventing a new self. What we say in neuroscience, pruning synaptic connections and sprouting new connections. Unfiring and unwiring and refiring and rewiring. Uh, unmemorizing emotions that are stored in the body and then reconditioning the body to a new mind and to a new emotion. No longer signaling the same genes in the same way, but signaling new genes in new ways. Beginning to pull your energy out of the past and beginning to invest your energy into the future. What we're teaching people how to do is not to pray to have their prayers answered, but to get up from their meditations as if their prayers are already answered. Because when they're combining that clear intention of their future with that elevated emotion, they're literally changing their energy, they're changing their brain chemistry, they're changing the way their brain works, they're changing their genetic expression, they're changing their chemistry. They're literally becoming somebody else. And over and over again, when people do this, it may take them months to turn their disease around. But over and over again, we've seen this. They come back uh, to a certain level of awareness and the disease is no longer there. And it's almost like the disease existed in the old personality. They're literally someone else. And um, we've seen it enough times now to know that people reach a certain point with themselves where they feel so whole. They feel so satisfied with who they are. They feel so happy with themselves and their lives that they could care less if they have the disease. And that's the moment it goes away over and over again. He is also an author. He's also a public speaker. And he's a doctor of chiropractic, known for his work on the connection between the mind and the body. Now, one thing not stated in this synopsis is that the main way he found out there's a connection between your mind and healing the body is when he had a horrendous accident happened when he was on his bike and hit by a car. I don't remember how many bones he had broken and was never going to walk again, basically paralyzed. He used the power of his mind and his story is one of those that most people will say this is there's no way it's true. But he blew the doctors away as he sat there and meditated in his bed and visualized every day different parts of his body mending, healing, actually healing himself to begin with. And then not only that, getting up and being able to start walking again and above and beyond that, 
get back to the normal state of life he had before the accident and operate as any other human being does. After such atrocious accident that he experienced, it was not supposed to happen. No doctor would have predicted this. They all were saying he was destined to be crippled for the rest of his life. In fact, some of them were saying he would die. Very likely, he wouldn't pull through. He got his chiropractic degree from Life University in Marietta, Georgia. It's Marietta, Georgia. And he went on to practice as a chiropractor in San Francisco, California. Now, some people don't believe in chiropractic work. Some people don't believe in lots of uh, different modalities of healing that actually have scientific proof because the American Medical Association likes to call these people quacks. They do that because it takes away from money they collect when you go see people like this. Acupuncturists is another one. It's proven that acupuncture works, but most people will tell you it's hooey booey. Oh no, that's it's all that stuff's in your head. Well, there are different meridian points. There are nerves you can tap into when you can stimulate blood flow and tap into certain nerves in your body that are connected to certain parts of things that need to have healing. Then why is it so hard to believe that you can stimulate a response from doing it? And chiropractic care is one of those as well. Once you understand the kinetic chain of the body and how everything being set in the proper form and being stable, this is like getting into kinesiology and different forms of things I don't want to go deep into, but I just want to extend the thought out there to you that medicine has been hijacked somewhere around the early 1900s by the Rockefellers and the Flexner Report and they banned naturopathy, homeopathy, lots of different forms of care that had a proven track record. They've banned things such as cancer cures. Yeah, they really have had different forms, not just one, of cancer cures which would be a nice episode for me to go over some of them. You know, I don't, don't know if I get a target painted on my back. You know, one day maybe someone will say, oh, Jay committed suicide, found him hanging in a tree, and he shot himself in the back of the head twice with a shotgun. One of those uh, strange things that seems to happen to people that divulge too much information that these big industrial forces and political forces do not want to slip out into the public. Back to Mr. Dr. Joe Dispenza. His work focuses on the power of the mind to change the body and to create a new reality. He has written several books on the topic and he's become a very highly sought after speaker. He delivers lectures and he does workshops all around the world. I will add that his workshops, many notable people have been to and experienced phenomenal healing and changes right at his event. 
These are seminars where he is training you, but he also does scientific studies and measurements at his events with group meditations. And under his analysis, he has proven that a group that can get into a certain brain state can increase the auric field, basically making the meditation more powerful than just a single person. Say you've got a thousand people that can all get tuned in to a certain meditation. Well, frequency, vibration, sound, all these things, they're intertwined. They are basically the same things. They are the things that control the universe. When they're all resonating at the same frequency, then it will expand, it will grow. And when it does, it becomes more powerful. And when that happens, you elevate the effect of what you are doing. And if it is indeed a healing effect that Mr. Joe Dispenza here knows how to connect with, what frequency to get you on, how to tap into it, then why would it be so far-fetched to think that there has been some amazing things happen at these events? Now, I'm not talking about you going to a church and in Jesus' name, I command you out, demon, you are now healed. And they slap somebody in the face and they fall back into a couple people that catch them and then they get up and start dancing around and playing some jig music. That's all bullshit. These are people that are manipulating and basically pulling fraud on people to cipher off your money so they can be filthy, stinking rich. Here's a guy doing legitimate science and work to help other people because he cares. So now I bragged on him enough and defended what he does enough. <laughs> like I even need to. You look into it, you'll find out plasticity it's proven now through science your brain is not fixed you can have a growth mindset and neurons can develop and change dispenza says that by breaking the habit of being ourselves, we can become more aware of our thoughts and emotions and then create a new reality for ourselves. At his seminars and events, he is always conducting scientific studies to prove what's happening with people that are actually participating in the audience. And you can see the ties here between Greg Braden, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and Dr. Joe Dispenza as I talk about their different beliefs. They have different modalities, ways of going about doing things, but they have this unification on their paradigm of thinking. There's lots of people that are charlatans that are out there looking to dupe people and make quick money. Yes, that's true. But I am bringing you the people that I believe absolutely, again, have the receipts. They have the science. They have the facts. They have the figures. They have ways of showing you the absolute proof that their ways of doing things are working. Now, all of these individuals will give you wonderful information, but there is action required behind it. It's not just sitting down thinking about it. 
there is methodology and the methodology takes work like anything in life. You can't just think about being in better shape and not go to the gym and not change your diet and expect yourself to go from a 400 pound overweight individual with heart problems, diabetes. It's just not going to happen. You actually have to go to the gym. You actually have to change your diet, but there's a formula. You see, it's not just the thought it's the action, but thoughts accompanied with action can bring you a revelation. The change can happen. And what these individuals present to you is how your thoughts along with certain actions can develop the product of whatever your desire may be. As long as it's realistic. Now we're not talking like, uh, you can learn how to fly by meditating on it or <laughs> something like that. I mean, your penis is not gonna grow 10 inches because you meditate on it. And, uh, maybe there is a way to do some of these things. Maybe the lottery ticket thing is a real, maybe you could, I don't know. I haven't got into in-depth studies on what every individual has accomplished through these different modalities that these people work on, but most of it is usually health related mental problems, things like that. Absolutely remarkable things happening from applying their techniques and to have a happy, healthy, joyful, wealthy life. Read, read their books. And if you don't like reading, get the audio books. And if you don't want to purchase their material because you're suspicious, watch some of their YouTube videos. Each one of them's got a website. I know they all got websites. And if you're listening to this podcast, you like podcasts, right? Type in their name into your search engine on Spotify or Apple or Google or whatever it is that you're on and find out what podcast they have out to listen to. There are people out there that can help you learn how to do things a different way, a better way to be healthier mentally and physically and spiritually. If you look into these individuals that I spoke about, Greg Braden, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Dr. Joe Dispenza, please rate, review, and share the podcast. And if you feel so inclined, please do sign up for a monthly subscription for as low as $1 to support me. It's a one man show and I could use the help. Or if you enjoyed this episode alone and want to send me a one-time tip, my Venmo is listed in the description as well. All that being said, much love, you take care, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Do not consider these episodes as medical advice or expertise in any area. I do deconstruct some experts in their material and deliver it to you, but please do all this at your own risk. Email me, contact keepingitreal at gmail.com. Email me, contact keepingitreal at gmail.com.